1: WTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, fueled by Lucky's Station.
2: With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstrom. So-called sanctuary cities that don't cooperate with federal immigration authorities could find themselves with an increase of illegal immigrants. President Trump's considering the idea.
3: We are giving very strong consideration to having people after a 20-day period, because again, you're not
1: allowed legally to hold them for more than that, we will move them into sanctuary cities.
2: President says if leaders of those districts and municipalities really want to open their arms, women, immigrants, quote, we can give them an unlimited supply. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker made it official today, declaring his intention on seeking the Democratic nomination for president of the United States. Booker joins an ever-widening field of Democrat wannabes in 2020. His theme at the rally in Newark today was, quote, justice for all. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un says he's open to a third summit with President Trump, but with reservations. This is SRN News.
1: Hugh Hewitt explains the crisis on our southern border. So the Congress passed, but neither Bush nor Obama nor Trump have finished the uh, 700 miles of authorized fencing.
4: It looks like the country's open.
1: The problem, it's Central America and Venezuela uh, exploding with economic migrants. They think that life is better in the United States, and you know what? They're right. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
5: Stay tuned
0: for the longest-running local political talk show on the longest-running conservative talk station in the Twin Cities. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Mitch Berg, the headliner, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot, always keeping you up to date. On the local issues that affect us. Your forecast for the rest of the afternoon. Mostly cloudy skies around 40. Mid-20s tonight. A little nicer tomorrow with more sunshine and a high around 46.
1: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. The longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be
5: back in Minnesota today.
1: Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now... Here's your headline act, Mitch Berg.
3: Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the show that is making talk radio great again, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog is shotinthedark.info. Since 2002, dominating the all-important Twin Cities politics, history, music, pop culture, and anything Mitch wants sector of the blogosphere and doing it with style. Glad to have you on board. The phone number, 651-289-4488, should you care to join me. I'm also monitoring the Twitter channel at hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N-Show. Uh, operators are standing by both places, should you care to join me. By the way, unlike less courageous broadcasts, if you disagree with me, you get on first. And usually the people who disagree with me are going to be Democrats. It just is the nature of conservative talk radio. If they disagree with me, they're likely not a part of the majority listening to this station. It's entirely likely. That being said, we have the exception going on right here. Uh, There is currently a bill in the Minnesota State Senate that would create a surcharge of 125 bucks on hybrid vehicles and increase an existing surcharge on completely electric vehicles to 250 bucks, up from 75 bucks on top of the licensing fees that the dfl legislature and governor waltz are attempting to jam down this session what we talked about this a few weeks ago with our next guest liz Mayer, and liz is back with an update liz first welcome back and thanks for coming back on with us today
6: yeah thanks for having me back on there seems to have been quite a bit of movement in the last couple of weeks uh, I'm not sure all of it good, but certainly interesting. Yeah, there have been a few things
3: where Republicans are kind of getting outside their lane, to to borrow a phrase from another issue here. I mean, mm. the, the, uh, the, the, the distracted driving bill had a lot of bipartisan support that left me a little leery. That's been one of my civil liberty bills I've been a little up in arms about. But the idea... That Jeff Howe of Rockville uh, has floated it out there to crank up a surcharge on hybrid electric vehicles and f- even more so fully electric vehicles uh, strikes me as un-Republican and un-Conservative. So uh, we, we, we talked about it at some length a couple of weeks ago, Liz. Mm-hmm. What are the developments?
6: Well, so first of all, I'll just say that I totally agree with you. And as somebody who has worked on numerous Republican campaigns, I think Senator Howe is basically setting up the Republican Party in Minnesota to have Democrats be capable of muddying the waters and eliminating the distinction that typically exists between the parties where Republicans are known for resisting tax hikes, Democrats are known for pushing them. I think that's extremely politically dangerous. But we now have new developments because this past week, um, the bill containing uh, these taxes was passed out of committee. Interestingly, it also now contains some even worse provisions that are causing it to, uh, I think, really experience even more opposition um, and having some even more vehement opponents coming out against it. So I think how is really creating a lot of problems for the party here, um, namely the additional provisions you have, a tax on electricity uh, being used at EV charging stations. Um, Mm. So there's another tax increase that Republicans are willingly associating themselves with, apparently. And then it also contains a very wide ban, as I understand it, on autonomous vehicles and autonomous vehicle technology, which... You know, in and of itself, I think people may have differing views on how wise that is as a matter of public safety, but it does seem rather targeted again towards punishing electric vehicles specifically because, as we all know, you know, if you're looking at a Tesla, for example, it's very common for those to come with an autopilot feature. And the way that this wording is drafted, it's not very clear. It's quite nebulous, um, and it could have an effect of causing a lot of vehicles that are currently in development to never make it onto the road. So what's been interesting about this is, you know, first of all, these provisions went in, and now not only do you have miners in northern Minnesota upset about this, car dealers upset about this, both of those being traditional Republican voting and donating constituencies. You also have people at a Tesla uh, facility that's in, I believe, Brooklyn Park upset about this. An Electric Bus Manufacturing Center in St. Cloud, they're upset about this. But you also now have General Motors that has decided that this entire transportation bill needs to be dead on arrival, and all of this stuff needs to be taken out when it gets into a conference committee because it's so completely messed up and so tax-hiking and so punitive. Um, and what's curious about it, too, is that these, these provisions were inserted, and once they were, you actually did have a Minnesota Republican senator, uh, Senator Osmeck, who actually went out of his way to move votes on the committee. So what's interesting about this is this didn't pass out of committee by any sort of clear margin. It was actually a totally deadlocked vote. It was exactly 50-50, but because of control of the committee, it has passed out, and now it will be proceeding. But I think you know the fact that you did have that deadlocked vote and you have these traditionally Republican constituencies that are very, very opposed to this bill – I think Hal is doing himself and the Republican Party in Minnesota a tremendous disservice, and I think this is going to backfire big time.
3: And by the way, just to give you a minor correction, since you're not from here, uh, Liz, Mm -hmm. miners up north are not a traditional Republican constituency. They have come over in the last uh, couple of elections here. I mean, we obviously sent uh, the the northern Minnesota sent Pete Stauber to Congress, a good, solid conservative Republican this past election, and they voted for Donald Trump by, I think, 16 points. But before that, it was was a democrat fiefdom since the 1940s uh so we've just won that i mean largely on the basis of the union and labor vote uh which has largely come over to the gop in recent elections here so it's it's a chance for us to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory
6: well i think that's right and i and i would also say when we're talking about minor setting aside the the specific point you make the broader point that i'm making is that Yeah. Nationally, you have seen this. You have seen the shift you had in West Virginia, for example, you had the mining community that were staunchly Democrat. Well, you know, they're still supportive of Joe Manchin, who's like barely a Democrat. Right. Right. But, you know, you have seen this shift occurring. And I think the shift that you saw in 2016 and that you started seeing in previous election years, I do think it's indicative of some real changes in American political culture um, and in American political affiliations. And it seems like Senator Howe is willing to just pretty much throw all of those out the window because, I guess, he just doesn't like EVs, which are, I think, 1% or less of the vehicles on the road in Minnesota, which is, you know, also another point about this. If this is all designed to actually improve funding for infrastructure and road repairs— it's really difficult to see how hiking taxes on vehicles that are like 1% or less of what's on the road is actually going to deliver anything useful financially.
3: Yeah, and of course, it, we, we talked about that last time. There's a tiny percentage of the vehicles on the road, and as punitive mm-hmm. a tax as it is, it's not the sort of tax that's going to build us a new bridge anywhere in uh, the course of the year, no. given the numbers we're talking about here. They are, uh, however, sort of a totem of of inner-city, left-of-center life, I mean, you don't find people in Thief River Falls or Moorhead driving electric vehicles. They gotta kind of drive forty, fifty miles sometimes to get to the doctor or the store or wherever. Uh, this is some uh, hybrids and electric vehicles are associated with uh, not just the inner city, but the upper middle class inner city uh, mm-hmm. g- class. That uh, and, and, and of, of all the things to tax. I mean, you could, if you want to, put punitive taxes on people who are not like you. For example, uh, someone from Rockville mm-hmm. like Senator Howe, you could tax. Purchases at Whole Foods, or you can tax smug declarations, or or there's so many things you could go after if you want to punish uh, right. people in that class.
6: Uh, yeah. But hybrid resist theme Viet- T-shirts. I yes, mean, you could go you could go down this road. But yeah, I'd also I'd also just add to that that you, well well I think that. Traditionally, that's right in terms of the demographics. One of the things that we have seen as a trend in Minnesota is that actually, you do have a lot of EVs that are on on sale now as secondhand cars. Right. Right. So it's not necessarily people who are going and spending like I mean, obviously with Tesla's new cars, you aren't necessarily spending eighty grand on a car. You could be spending thirty to forty grand, but it's not even necessarily that. I mean, you can totally get like a used EV for fifteen thousand dollars. Right. So, you know, if you're doing that, that that doesn't really put you in a different category, at least in terms of your finances and your sort of, you know, economic status and class to the person who's going and buying a Chevy Malibu. Um, you probably do vote a little differently, but, you know, I, I always like to go back to the, you know, if we're really trying to determine who votes what way. My favorite comparison is: What do you drink? Is your preferred drink gin or your preferred drink bourbon? Because that's actually your easiest demarcation point between uh, liberals and conservatives. So I don't know. Maybe how should be taxing like gin sales or something?
3: Ah, good to know. Gin sold perhaps
6: at Whole Foods. Yeah. So uh, gin uh, gin at Whole Foods to fill potholes. (laughs) That's right. That's right. If you're going to do a tax hike, do that one because I bet you bring in a lot more money than you will with this, and it would it would probably be a lot harder to actually attack that in a
3: campaign ad. Absolutely. I hands off my kimchi, dag now. But Anyway, uh, Liz Mayer, <laughs> uh, this this is the sort of thing where if you are a, a movement conservative, there, you need to speak up right now. You need to get in. You, you, you need to respond to the, the people who are involved and everyone on the food because we're basically, the the, the GOP in the Senate is, God love mm-hmm. them, but they're handing the House DFL and Governor Waltz a, an unearned chanting point here. We should at least make them earn the slow about tax and spend Republicans here right now. So uh, what to do, Liz Mayer?
6: Well, I think people should, if you are represented by a Republican senator, I think it's a good time to go ahead and call them and let them know that this is just stupid and wrongheaded. And there are many different ways that we can explore dealing with transportation funding and infrastructure repairs. Um, But this is a completely nonsensical one. The math doesn't work on it. It looks like punishing your political enemies, except it's not even that. And it's just going to give Republicans a bad name. I also think it probably wouldn't be a bad idea since you have Senator Osmak, who actually did take this good action in committee and has moved people away from this totally ridiculous proposal. I would say it's probably a good idea to call his office and say thanks, because he's actually been doing a lot of the legwork here. The last point that I'll make is that the other group that's getting really, really upset about about this bill in its current form now, is you have a bunch of rural electric cooperatives um, who are actual electricity providers. And, you know, this new provision that now taxes charging at an electric vehicle charging station, they're super upset about that, too. So, you know, I think, realistically, there's a lot of opposition to this. One would hope that that will take care of it. But, yes, I mean, if if you do live in one of these senators' districts, I would urge you to call your senator and tell them, that this is just really bad branding for the GOP, and this isn't why people vote for Republicans. Nobody votes Republican because they want tax hikes. If you want tax hikes, you vote for the DFL.
3: Absolutely. And, by the way, I'll be posting a link to the Senate switchboard here when I get a moment uh, after the broadcast. And, of course, it never hurts to thank the GUIN. Senator Osmeck, a longtime friend of this broadcast, actually, with the first politician I believe we ever had on as a guest on the broadcast when he was a mound city councilman. <laughs> hey, I feel it.
6: I feel like one of the times when I came on your show back in 2008, I want to say that he, he had been in front of me um, right. in the show lineup. Yeah, I know he, he definitely has been a friend. So um, turns out he's a friend on many levels, which is good to know. I, I
3: I actually placed him in nomination twice, both of his races, and I'd be happy to do it again. I gave that speech, so I'd, uh, I'm proud to have done it. Liz Merritt, thanks for coming on and updating on this. Uh, keep us posted on this, and I will be uh, doing my level best to get people out there to uh, to – to crack the the rhetorical whip on this uh, as 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 the session comes back uh, after af, after the weekend here, Liz Mayer, thank you yeah. very much for doing this again That's today. Great. Thank you so much. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty, The Patriot. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about media freedom uh, in the age of Trump. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty, The Patriot.
8: That's 1 800 930 2646.
9: 1 800 930 2646. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber in Trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. Nielsen, U.S. XAOC 52 weeks, dollar sales. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and the night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Ambrin. Ambrin
7: safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Ambrin is 100% drug-free and estrogen-free. Ambrin is America's number one menopause relief supplement in dollar sales. Thanks to Ambrin, my fear
9: of hot flashes is gone. My seats aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works.
7: It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. Message and data rates may apply.
10: Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they use the latest technology to give you your
3: real hair back. Hey, this is Rob Spirell, CEO of Bosley. Our solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. With one text, we'll show you, for free, how great your hair could look.
10: Get your absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off by texting SAVE11 to 85850. That's save One to 85850.
3: AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651 289 4488, the number to call. I do hope you join us. You can also join me at hashtag NarnShow on Twitter. That's what it's there for. Make sure you contact your state senator, especially if they're a Republican, to make sure they know that we are not amused by the idea that Republicans are raising taxes. I get it. I get it. Uh, Inner-city progressives shopping at Whole Foods who think uh, John Oliver is the dreamy, dreamiest and think Trevor Noah is funny or, what, Stephen Colbert? Yeah, who thinks Stephen Colbert is funny. You want to do something to smite them. You do. I mean, not literally. You don't wish harm on anyone. I'm talking rhetorically, uh, socially, lifestyle. You want to bring the pain to them. And and what could be, in terms of stereotypes, more satisfying than sticking it to someone driving around smugly around uh, in in, (laughs) a Highland Park in a Prius or a a Volvo hybrid or or a Nissan Leaf uh, carrying on their their smug little uh, urban progressive life? Nothing could be more satisfying than that. But that's not a conservative principle using the tax system to stick it to uh, to, to to people you disagree with politically. It's not supposed to be. Anyway, uh, and so contact yourself. I'll be posting uh, links to the Senate uh, website, at least. You can find your senator if you don't know them. And if you have a Republican senator, tell them. This can't go forward. This cannot, uh, this, this cannot go to the floor. Uh, we cannot have Republicans even – or if, if it does go to the floor, it needs to be shot down with extreme prejudice. Any Republican who votes for this bill needs to be held accountable come caucus and convention time uh, next year. As we head towards the 2020 elections, the next time the Senate is uh, up for election here, the conservatives. This is one of those issues where meat and potatoes, bread and butter conservatives need to be, stand up for the principle of the matter. There are ways to make up any shortcomings in infrastructure funding without jacking up taxes. We could take a whole lot of money out of a lot of uh Urban fluffery out of a lot of progressive pet projects to fund infrastructure to a greater extent than taxing electronic vehicles ever would. Again, one less than one percent of the vehicles on the road. I'm just doing the math in my head here. Roughly twenty or thirty thousand of these vehicles, at an average of figure about two hundred dollars per vehicle. That's you're you're talking about six million dollars a year. That's one bridge project. Uh, you you buy one bridge or a couple of smaller, more rural bridges, and you lose your soul as a conservative, as 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 a low tax uh, someone who as, as someone who eschews taxing and spending. Is it worth two rural bridges at the price of your conservative soul? I'm thinking not. Six five one. 289-4488. Very much, very, very much love to uh, have you join me here on the broadcast today. I want to come back to the story. Donald Trump saying he may release immigrant detainees in sanctuary cities, uh, contradicting his own White House. <sighs> I love that headline. A senior White House official, this is according to CBS News, told CBS yesterday that the Trump administration had, quote, floated a proposal, end quote, to release immigrant detainees into so-called, quote, sanctuary cities, end quote, but claimed the idea was rejected. President Trump, however, said Friday he's still considering the idea. The WAPO first reported that officials had proposed transporting migrants to sanctuary cities at least twice in the last six months, both taking place at a time when the administration was being pressed on its immigration standpoints. The White House official told CBS News on Friday, quote, Just a suggestion that was floated and rejected, which ended any further discussion. But later Friday afternoon, Mr. Trump tweeted that the administration would be giving, quote, strong considerations to placing illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities, end quote, blaming congressional Democrats for not tightening immigration laws. And Donald, uh, the president, tweeted on his uh, (laughs) red-hot Twitter account, quote, Due to the fact that Democrats are unwilling to change our very dangerous immigration laws, we are indeed, as reported, giving strong considerations to placing illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities only. CBS, again, uh, the president's tweet comes at his administration is looking to implement even more aggressive immigration policies after replacing top leaders of the Department of Homeland Security, including former DHS Secretary Kirsten Nielsen. Now, as with most things that Donald Trump uh, suggests, as as with most of his rhetoric, it's an epic troll. He's and, and at the very least, it's an epic troll, and potentially more than that. Potentially more than that, because of course, what he's doing is is as as the as the intelligentsia and our cultural elites uh, respond with the inevitable howls of outrage. They're showing the hypocrisy with which they approach this and and so many issues. Uh, Anne Althaus at uh, althaus.blogspot.com writes about this uh, in a piece entitled, quote, I'm reading how to resist validating President Trump's view of sanctuary cities by Marsha Gessen, actually Masha Gessen in The New Yorker. And I quote Anne Althaus here, quote, Her idea is that the right response to Trump is not what Nancy Pelosi said through a spokesperson. And i quoting Masha Gessen in The New Yorker. Quote, Policy spokeswoman Ashley Etienne uh, released a standard statement. Quote, The extent of this administration's cynicism and cruelty cannot be overstated. Using human beings, including little children, as pawns to their warped game to perpetuate fear and demonize immigrants is this... How did Daffy Duck put it? Despicable! End quote. Like the media... Pelosi, whose district covers the sanctuary city of San Francisco, shocked, I'm shocked, uh, didn't directly challenge the unspoken but clear premise that something terrible would happen to these cities if immigrants came to them. Such is the framing of the issue by the White House and the framing of the story by the media that no one eh, had the right response to this idea. Quote, but this is the very point of a sanctuary city. Immigrants, regardless of status, are safe in them. Bring them here. They are welcome, end quote. And that's it. That's how Masha, uh, Masha Gessen ends the piece. And like me, Ann Altos, who, by the way, is center-left commentator, uh, much beloved of, of of conservatives in the blogosphere because she's honest and she is deeply self-aware and critical of her own movement. Finds it also a little hard to understand, but thinks that Gessen is seeing that the responses to Trump that they're getting from Nancy Pelosi and the like are reinforcing what he has said, that it's bad to have a sudden big flux influx of economically needy immigrants, which they largely are. I mean, you will hear Democrats, you will hear big left occasionally say, oh, they don't provide, they're, they're a net gain to communities. Really? Then prove it. Take them all in. And by the way, combined with the uh, fifteen dollar an hour minimum wages that you are uh, demanding for economically needy people, watch what happens to your existing uh, lower working class population watch what happens to new job seekers watch what happens to your african-american communities watch what happens to your underprivileged high school youth trying to find those first jobs in a market that is flooded with people in the prime of their life looking for those exact jobs as their leg up into the middle class in america go for it and watch them suddenly, watch San Francisco and New York and Baltimore and, and Los Angeles and Boston and Minneapolis suddenly go all nimby. Say, hey, we're talking about everyone here, not in our backyard. We don't want them <laughs> clogging up our buses. We don't want them on our freeways. Driving without insurance? No. We want them competing for other people's jobs. We want them soaking up other people's tax dollars, not ours. Ann Althaus writes, quote, Trump wins if he gets the sanctuary city proposed to show that they were just posing as immigrant friendly. He called their Bluff. Why would they fold so quickly if they weren't a bunch of hypocrites? They should have kept on bluffing. Bring them here, says Aunt Althaus. They're welcome. I'm just going to quote Aunt Althaus real quick here one more time. I think that's what Gesson is really saying, but she's kind of hiding it because she's part of the bluff. She thinks Trump is bluffing, too. If Trump won't really dump the immigrants in San Francisco and those other virtue signaling places, then they can continue to virtue signal as they should. So he doesn't win. And so in my heart of hearts, I truly do hope that Trump is serious about this. I I mean, as we discussed in the past, he uses rhetoric to open his negotiations. And quite frankly, as Scott Adams quite accurately put it in 2015, to not just beat his opponents, but to humiliate them. And Althaus has egg on her face not an altos nancy pelosi has egg on her face no she has huevos on her face <laughs> she's been exposed as a hypocrite northern alliance radio network am 1280 the patriot go nowhere we'll be right back
4: All right, here's the great selling point of Relief Factor. Well, actually, the greatest selling point is that it works for the great majority of people who use it. But the big selling factor is really this you can get all the pain relief benefits of Relief Factor without the negative side effects of ibuprofen. A couple of years ago, with great sciatic pain, I would take ibuprofen a lot, and it helped, but the side effects were so awful after a while, that I, I just had to discontinue use. But that's not the problem with Relief Factor. So that's huge. So if you've been using any form of ibuprofen, now you don't have to with Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com, check out the pricing, and please give it a try because
1: pain is pretty awful.
4: Or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com. Step into a Chet's-owned Red Wing store this season for non-insulated, waterproof, and water-resistant footwear.
7: Need new boots for summer work?
4: Check out our variety of steel, aluminum, and composite safety toe options.
7: Don't forget our selection of regular toe footwear either.
4: Too busy with projects this season to get to the store?
7: Ask us about our mobile shoe service, where we bring the store to you.
4: Or stop in to see us in Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Circle Pines, Bloomington, and St. Cloud.
7: Work is our work.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot. By the way, cool this song by a fellow named Adam Ezra, who opened for Southside Johnny earlier this week. He was solo, but his band is really good, too. I got a copy of the CD at the show. For those of you who are looking for some new music to listen to, I urge you to check out the Adam Ezra Group. The guy can play guitar like ringing a bell, and the music's pretty good, too. Strongly recommend. By the way, he's playing the Parkway Theater in South Minneapolis uh, on June 29th. I believe I will be there. It was kind of interesting. Sitting at a, at a couple of tables uh, both nights at the show with a couple of uh, a couple of different groups of people. And both of them, I remember it was Monday night, I was having a terrible day. I wound up, wound up walking down from where I work to the show at the Dakota on Monday night, just thinking, oh, man, I so do not want to have to sit through an opening act before we get to Southside, Johnny. I needed some major mood engineering at the time. How wrong could I have been? Anyway, it was the Adam Ezra Group. Uh, Adam Ezra singing solo because the stage of the Dakota is not big enough for two bands. But uh, well well worth it. A whole lot of fun, actually. Uh, so so worth seeing. And, of course, June 29th at the – and, by the way, this is not a solicited or paid for uh, plug here. But the Adam Ezra Group playing the Parkway Theater on 48th and Chicago in South Minneapolis, a place I haven't been for, oh, 25 years maybe a uh, fun theater. And if you're looking for some good new music that you haven't heard to death, totally worth it. Uh, check it out. Uh, by the way, six, five, one, two, eight, nine, four, four, eight, eight. I'll be posting the links to the, uh, Minnesota, uh, Senate website. So you can find your Senator and give them and preferably the various committee members, a call about the, uh, electronic vehicle bill. That's Liz Mayer And I were talking about here. Uh, Some national news with local impact. Uh, Top Democrats today rushed to defend Representative Ilhan Omar after President Donald Trump retweeted video that was edited to suggest she was being dismissive of the significance of the worst terrorist uh, attack on U.S. soil. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi scolded Trump for using the, quote, painful images of 9-11 for a political attack, end quote, against the first term Minnesota Democrat. Ah, former Texas Representative Beto O'Rourke, a candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination against uh, the president in 2020, said the Republican president's tweet was an incitement to violence against Omar, who is Muslim American and others like her. Well, you may have a point. There might be someone uh, unstable out there who might uh, decide to take a run at Representative Omar. It's entirely possible. I mean, it's a big country with a lot of unstable people out there. Those of you who are proudly Islamophobic, I urge you not to do that and, and thus scuttle all the rest of us. On the other hand, uh, yeah, so I, because we'd hate to be as a movement on the same level as James Hodgkinson, the person who attempted to murder the Republican baseball team, and almost carried it off against Representative Scalise uh, not that long ago. Uh, we like to let them hang on to the level, uh, the, the title of the party just depraved enough to harbor an attempted mass murderer uh, as long as possible. So, uh, by the way, uh, neither Trump's tweet nor the video included a full quote or the context of her comments. Huh. Interesting that the, the Star Tribune, uh, and by the way, this is a story from the Associated Press, uh, a story, Associated Press story datelines today here. Uh, how interesting how the media is run, racing to provide full context on a damaging quote from a Democrat. They don't do this for Republicans, I can't help but notice. Ilhan Omar told the Council for American-Islamic Relations in Los Angeles that many Muslims saw their civil liberties eroded after the attacks, and she advocated for activism. For far too long, I'm quoting Representative Omar here, for far too long we have lived with this comfort of being a second-class citizen, and frankly, I'm tired of it, and every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it, she said in the March 23rd speech. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. In a way, I'm going to put this out there. In a way, let's be honest, she wasn't making light of the 9-11 attacks, at least not with that full remark in context. But in a way the remarks in context are almost worse than what she's being accused of saying. I I mean, there's two things here that annoy the bejeebers out of me. Number one, the fact that the media is racing to provide full context to a damaging quote by a Democrat in a way that they did not do, for they'd never do for Republicans. Think of any quote by a Republican that is taken out of context and paraded proudly and without comment in the media constantly, including many of President Trump's comments during the elections, including the one big uh, one that was touted as being the, the grossly anti-female uh, quote that uh, was was dragged out of context. And it was a stupid thing to say, by the way. It was also... Uh, candid a candid shot from back when he was still a democrat <clears throat> uh when and in a in a context where he was yeah indulging in locker room talk and uh, saying things that frankly were indecorous but on the other hand not something he literally did either that context the associated press did not hasten to fit into paragraph 6 uh, of of a paragraph 6, six of, a, of a news story on the episode never You look at any Republican who says something that can be shown as as uh, what do you want to call it Uh, damaging in the media. If there is context, you have to go to places like, well, this broadcast to hear the full context. So that's one thing that annoys me about this story. The other thing is, as I alluded to moments ago. In some ways, the in-context quote is worse than the out-of-context quote. I mean, someone like Ilhan Omar, who, say what you will about her, is not an especially bright woman. Someone who would not be in public life if she was not in a place where uh, the DFL had absolute Stasi-level control over her house and eventually congressional district. I mean, I mean, no disrespect by saying that she is not going to be winning any Nobel Prizes for physics. I don't consider her necessarily. Well, what I consider her is irrelevant. Because what she said, uh, people, people say things. They, they flip past ideas. And I don't think that what, she may have fully supported the terrorists in 9-11. She could support fully oppose and condemn them. I've never heard her really say explicitly one way or the other. I would welcome a chance to be set straight either way. But worst case, the quote presented, quote, out of context, end quote, was at the very worst dog bites man or perhaps even dog licks dog. I mean, someone who has sympathy for terrorists, expressing sympathy for terrorists. I I don't necessarily believe that's the context. I'd I'd love to be set straight rationally and factually. But in a way, the part that was edited out is worse. Quote, for far too long, we've lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen, and frankly, I'm tired of it. And every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it, she said in a March 23rd speech. I'd love the chance to ask Representative Omar, in what other country in the world do Muslims have more civil liberty than in this country? In what other country can an ethnic group be associated with a ghastly terrorist attack? By the way, when I say an ethnic group or a religion, I mean the radical Wahhabist version of Islam. Uh, which, along with radical Shia in iran is is and and Iranian satellite states, is associated with almost all almost all of the significant Muslim terrorism and milita- militancy and militarism in the world almost all of it and, and most of the backwardness and most of the ugliness and most of the the stone age retro uh, uh, iron age retrograde nature of some parts of Islam in the middle East. In what other country are Muslims more free before or after 9 11? Representative Omar, how were you a second class citizen? You were elected to not just political office, but a powerful, a powerful political office in your first run for office in a major first world city, in one of America's premier cities. And elected, by the way, to what is essentially going to be a lifetime sinecure for you and your family. What discomfort are you suffering? What discomfort are your people suffering? They are here. They're not back in Somalia. They're not back in Iran and Iraq. Those who are here are offered a better life in terms of the things we conservatives value. Freedom. Equality, a place at the national table, a vote that is equal to mine, who was born here. Something you would not be getting in the vast majority of the world's other societies if you were allowed, if you had been allowed to go there at all when you left Somalia. I'm part of a society that welcomed you, Muslims, before 9-11, and after, and continue to do so provided that you assimilate into American society to the best of your ability, and preferably (laughs) renounce the terrorism with which some of the more retrograde parts of your faith are associated. But I'm willing to deal with you on that. Don't ask me to apologize for every atrocity committed by a Christian anywhere in the world. I'll reciprocate. I don't, being a conservative, being a a bearer of the Western liberal tradition with a small L, I don't believe in collective guilt. I believe that you're responsible for your own destiny, your own behavior. I don't believe, and I urge other conservatives to join me in eschewing, the very radically hyper-progressive and even totalitarian notion that people bear collective guilt for things that other people do, that people are responsible for their own actions. And Representative Omar, we, the people of this country, have treated you exactly as such before and after 9-11. be willing to have a conversation if you had conversations with people who were not democrats and not in your district i would welcome you to this broadcast to discuss exactly that and if you're one of uh, ilhan omar's uh, handlers by all means the invite is extended northern alliance radio network am 1280 the patriot go nowhere be right back
5: Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot
7: return postage extra. Auto ship and other terms apply. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at www.textrules.us. Message and data rates may apply. Ladies, it's time to have an honest conversation about our hair. Here's the harsh reality. Our hair is thinning. In fact, 46 million women suffer from hair loss. That's more than one in three of us. Hair loss isn't an if, it's a when. Here's the good news. Keranique, the number one women's hair regrowth system in America and bestseller at Ulta stores, is now offering an unprecedented 60% off plus free shipping to take advantage of this incredible offer and take control to reverse hair loss and grow back your hair. Just text SOFT to 246810 right now. Keranique is backed by a 120-day hair regrowth guarantee, which guarantees you'll see thicker, fuller hair in 120 days, or you pay nothing for the product. Just text SOFT to 246810 to try Keranique for yourself. You don't have to accept hair loss. Text SOFT to 246810 right now and get 60% off. Hurry, this offer won't last long. Text SOFT to 246810
8: According to Google, a local business owner like you needs to spend at least 15 hours a week to optimize their online search campaigns. I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, introducing you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for local businesses. Let Salem Surround maximize your SEO and SEM campaigns so you can run your business. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Join me, won't you please? By the way, I'm also found on Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. My Twitter handle, Mitch P. Berg, on Twitter. Go ahead, check it out. By the way, go to am1280thepatriot.com, check out all the latest promotions. A lot of good stuff going on right now. Also... If you're out and about the northwest, uh, no northeast burbs next Saturday Easter weekend, my band Elephant in the Room will be playing at the Stillwater Bowl in well Stillwater seems to be our home away from home uh, around the metro area. My band Elephant in the Room, of course, featuring uh, lead singer and former Northern Alliance producer uh, Tommy the H Bomb Win. It's worth it. Come on, on out! We'd love to have you join us out at the uh, out out at the um, the Stillwater Bowl. It's a lot of fun. You can get a little bowling, get a little bit of rock and roll, get a little bit of uh, whatever you do with bowling. out. Oh, yeah. There's, I, think they, I think they do some food out there as well. Also, we'll be back at the Stillwater Eagles at the end of May. Uh, May 31st and June 1st, I believe. Memorial Day weekend. I believe we're going to be out there. We tend to wind up with the holidays for some reason. New Year's. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, e Memorial Day. I think, oh yeah, Easter weekend. That's right. Seems to be uh, all over the place for us here. So, uh, by the way, the, the, the Democrat flavor of the month is uh, a fellow named Daniel uh, Buttigieg. He's the, uh, mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And, He's sort of like like Barack Obama himself, and 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 many other Democrats uh, who are in the running. Uh, Beto O'Rourke being the other example. He seems to prove the premise that really what the Democrat Party's about these days is an attractive-looking person who can shovel the hopey-changey <clears throat> stuff at an audience that doesn't think about the issues all that clearly or succinctly. Uh, Buttigieg, of course, is a classic example of same. He's he, he would be considered at least uh, in terms of both uh, demographics and intersectional sociology a very attractive candidate. He's a former Marine, I believe, but also a, a gay guy married to uh, to a same sex partner. Now, I don't know that I care so much about that, but that's the sort of identity politics mongering that uh, attracts. Uh, at least the Democrats' uh, power brokers, the, the activists that make most of the decisions and, quite frankly, have been driving the Democrat Party hard to the left for, uh, for a long time now, and especially as long as we've been doing this show, of, especially since the early 2000s, when uh, the likes of John Kerry just were too far to the center for mainstream—well, not mainstream, but for Democrat activists— Which led, by the way, directly uh, to, in some ways, to Donald Trump's ascendancy in the Republican Party. I mean, he correctly noticed that the Democratic Party had left an awful lot of middle American working class uh, Democrats, including a good chunk of the eighth uh, congressional district behind Uh, the, the, the Democrat Party of today dominated as it is. Uh, to an unprecedented extent, certainly since the early 1970s, by urban ultra progressive uh, influences has left an awful lot of people in the American middle behind. And that may be the thing that that potentially uh, helps secure Donald Trump's re-election in 2020. Well, Daniel Buttigieg is uh, one example of this. Again, Uh, An attractive candidate, potentially for people in the center. I mean, being a former Marine, yay, Semper Fi, hurrah. But also married gay guy. All right. I mean, uh, that hits a couple sides dog whistles. He's the incumbent mayor of South Bend, Indiana, by the way. So uh, the place that gave us Notre Dame and not much else. Uh, Notre Dame fans out there, salute. But that's what he does. Now, he's... Again, the flavor of the month among the dozens of Democrats currently running for the 2020 presidential nod. And you can see some of the reasons why, again, right age bracket gives the impression that the Democrats have a a deep bench and in theory, at least punches tickets on both sides of the aisle. Marine. Gay guy. okay, I mean, no problem. More power to him in either case. And by the way, the idea that he's a a, a married gay Midwestern Democrat—I mean, that, that's that's would potentially help uh, stanch a bit of the Democrats uh, of, of a constituency the Democrats bled out from a lot of in 2016. So that's all good. I mean, if you're picking someone on demographics, especially intersectional demographics and identity demographics, it makes good sense. He 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 checks off. Identity checkboxes on both sides of the aisle. More power to him. But if you're looking at his accomplishments as mayor of South Bend, well, uh, we a piece that came out uh, this past week uh, in, uh, uh, out on Pajamas Media uh, discussed Mayor Buttigieg. Well, Chicago not far away, not far up the road, is notorious for its murder rate. In 2015, Buttigieg's South Bend actually topped Chicago's 16.4 homicides per 100,000 people with a homicide of 16.8 per 100,000. By the way, just so you know, in that same year, uh, which is one of the more recent years available on a national level, Chicago was 16.4. Minneapolis was around eight. Minneapolis, uh, excuse me, Minnesota as a whole was under two. I believe it was 1.8 that year. So Minnesota as a whole, a state where more people own firearm or have carry permits than Texas, has a murder rate just a shade over a tenth. That of South Bend, Indiana. Those numbers put Mayor Budgege's city on the list of the top 30 murder cities in the country for that year. In January, three shootings in one week killed two teens, left a woman paralyzed from the waist down. In one summer week, the casualties included uh, two children under the age of 13, and on and on. If it's the mayor of a, of a criminal cesspool you want, then Mayor Budgege is your guy. Not the best interests I'm looking forward to vote for here, folks. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you all. God bless America. See you next week.
7: Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com.
8: Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now. Do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-930-2646. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646.
9: 1-800-930-2646. This is a message to business owners. The strongest selling proposition is to get your customer into your store in front of your product. Now you can do that digitally everywhere with Salem Surround. Digital marketing that easily takes your business beyond its four walls putting your message on people's computers, tablets, and mobile phones everywhere. Your digital ad virtually puts them into your store in front of your products. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Call us at Salem Surround for a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggested ideas that could dramatically increase your sales. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers. Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers.